0: Welcome to another Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we go beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundation for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and to produce disciples of Jesus Christ to in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries.
1: And I'm Steve Manscar. Director of Wesleyan Leadership for Discipleship Ministries.
0: And we're going to begin this podcast at the ending, perhaps. So normally we end the podcast by giving you ways to uh, interact with us, and we're going to start that way. So we we hope you'll interact with us, send us your questions, your comments, your feedback. You can find us on Twitter, on our website as well. Our website is umcdiscipleship.org, and you can find our emails there. Um, You can find me on Twitter. At Rev Scott's tweets, also at UMC Adult Form for Adult Formation.
1: Well, and I've heard you know on the podcast that I listen to, they mm-hmm. always ask you, people to go to iTunes and write a review. Yes, that definitely that do helps that. people to find us. Please so if do you, that. that'd be wonderful if we yes. could have some of our listeners go to do that, go to iTunes and you know write a review of this podcast and I'm Steve Manskar and my Twitter handle is at S Manskar that at S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R.
0: All right well we've, we've gotten all that out of the way so now we can, we can jump into our podcast and I'm I'm going to begin with a quote that comes from Mike Breen. We've probably given this quote before but it, it bears repeating and that is his quote from Mike Brain is, if you make disciples, you always get the church. But if you make a church, you rarely get disciples.
1: Right. And then he goes on to say, and that, this is from his book, Building a Discipline Culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Highly recommend um, it.
1: And I, I do recommend that book. And he goes after that piece, he goes on to say, we need to understand that discipleship builds the church. Yeah. Um, and that the church is not the cause of discipleship, but it's the effect of discipleship.
0: Yeah, well said. Well said. And, and I think we both would say, go find the quote, read it, <laughs> yes. in the full context. It's, it's
1: in the introduction to the book. So yeah, it, it's, re- it's it's easy worth to your time. find.
0: Yeah, it's worth your time. That that whole that whole introduction is really good, and as is, as is the rest of the book. Um, and you know, our, our general secretary, Junius Dotson, says says something. I think he's getting at the same thing. Same. Well, he,
1: he quotes Brie. He does.
0: That's true. <laughs> and, but his phrase is shorter. He says, stop fixing churches, right? That we're too focused on, on programming, and we need to focus on <laughs> disciple-making, uh, which is certainly what we try and do here at Discipleship Ministries is provide resources mm-hmm. uh, for that to happen. And so um, that, that's going to be where we're going to push today, is how do we make disciples, specifically Wesleyan Disciples, right? So that's what we hope the, the outcome of small groups are, is producing right. leaders that are shaped by our Wesleyan values. Right. Right. So yes. let, let's talk a little more about this. And a lot of this comes, Steve, from a, a blog you wrote a while ago that, that I found really helpful in, in perhaps changing the culture. And again, to go back to some of Junius's language, he did a Facebook Live that was called Changing the Culture is the Strategy, I think that's what we're talking about today is changing the, stru- the, the culture that then what happens in small groups becomes part of that culture. I think it could work both ways. I think you could start small groups to help change the culture, but you also need that the small groups fit in a larger culture where discipleship is happening intentionally. Right. Does that yeah. make some sense there? Yes. I mean, I think, I think small groups is one way you do that is, is to change the culture by small groups. Right. That, that, that.
1: Well, I, I yes, I believe making s- having sort of the expectation
0: mm-hmm.
1: that if you're going to be in this, that the, the members of this church, this congregation, right, we want to give you opportunities to be in, to connect with others in right. small groups, right. and it's in those groups that you form relationships. And our help to grow in your disciple. You know, the way I like to put it is, this is it's an um, important way in which congregations keep their baptismal vows. Absolutely, it's for the because we need to remember the congregation makes baptismal vows. We individually make vows, both and. yeah. But the congregation also makes some important promises, and the purpose of those promises is we're going to do everything in our power so that everyone yeah. in this church is a, is, is equipped and um, enabled to live their baptism. Yep. And so that's what small groups, I, I'm convinced, is an essential part of
0: that. Yeah, and I think we both would say, as a sort of quick, practical tip, is read those congregational pledges at your next church council meeting, or, or yes. whatever meeting, right? And say, how are we doing this? How are we helping people do this? And small groups is definitely one of the ways that a church can help do that so Mm -hmm. um got us off topic just slightly there but that's okay i think that was really important to to do and so i want to i want to kind of turn things over for you for just a second steve to help focus us on uh the methodist movement and the goal of the early methodist movement um and you've got some quotes by john and charles the brothers and that really center us remind us who who how we began as methodists and the movement not that Not the church. Not the church. You notice I said the movement.
1: Yeah, this is um, the yeah the quote that I start this blog. This is my first blog post when I launched the Westland Leadership Blog. Okay. Several years ago, and I decided a couple of weeks ago to go revisit that. Yeah. And so I did, and basically rewrote it, oh, okay. expanded it, because I learned stuff along the way.
0: <laughs> Amazing how that happens, um, right? Yeah.
1: But um, I I kept the the introduction. And the introduction is basically a quote from Wesley from a tract that he wrote in 1745 titled Advice to the People Called Methodists. And he begins this piece by defining who a Methodist is.
0: Oh, pay pay close attention then, right?
1: So I'm going to read it. Mr. Wesley writes, By Methodists I mean... A people who profess to pursue, in whatsoever measure they have attained, holiness of heart and life. right That right there is the definition. Okay. We could stop right there. But, of course, Mr. Wesley doesn't. He goes on to explain what he means by that.
0: Okay. So the rest is an explanation. The, the
1: rest of it is That's Wesley cool. explaining what he means by... Um, a people who profess to pursue holiness of heart and life. And then he goes on and says, Inward and outward conformity in all things to the revealed will of God, who place religion in an uniform resemblance of the great object of it, Mm. in a steady imitation of him they worship, in all his imitable perfections, he's of course he's refer- He's what he's who's talking about there is Christ, Jesus, gotcha. right? Yeah. So, in a steady imitation of Jesus, whom they worship, in all his imitable perfections,
0: imitable perfections. Got to love that phrase.
1: More particularly, in justice, mercy, and truth, or universal love filling the heart and governing the life. That last phrase, he Mm -hmm. takes it right back up to the beginning. That's another way of understanding what he means by the pursuit of holiness of heart and life. Universal love, filling the heart, that's holiness of heart, and governing the life, holiness of life. So holiness for Wesley means loving God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, holiness of heart, And because you love God, you pursue, you live that out by loving your neighbor as yourself. Holiness of life.
0: I'm kind of captured by the the phrase, profess to pursue. Yeah. Right. And that's really an action oriented way of of thinking about things. But I just wonder if we asked people, how are you pursuing holiness of heart and life? Mm -hmm. And how are you pursuing that right now every day? I mean, that. I don't know, that sort of stopped me just as I think about that for myself, right? How am I pursuing holiness of heart and life? I mean, that's, and, and
1: that's what the class meetings were getting at with the question, gotcha. how is it with your soul? Okay. That, you're, that was, you know, that the, was way, the method. <laughs> the way you answered that question was answering, you know, how are you pursuing holiness of mm-hmm. heart and life?
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's very helpful. Very helpful quote. Um, you you also later on quote a hymn by Charles Wesley, which I really liked, um, and of course it's got one of my favorite words in it, so I'll let you <laughs> quote
1: it. <laughs> so the the hymn that Scott is referring to is, you can find it in the United Methodist Hymnals number 561, titled, Jesus United by Thy Grace.
0: Okay, I, I can't say I've ever sang that. I'll, I'll be honest, if we did, I don't remember it.
1: That is a terrible shame. But <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, 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 I'm not but it's all it's you.
1: Again, it's all too common in our churches. We don't sing Charles Wesley enough.
0: Well, we could probably um, go on a whole uh, rant yeah, about... Anyway, songs. so
1: and yeah. this, this is a couple of stanzas from that hymn where he, I think, again, he's getting at the method of Methodism, of yeah. the pursuit of holiness, what it means to pursue holiness of heart in life. Charles writes, Help us to help each other, Lord each other's cross to bear. Let all their friendly aid afford and feel each other's care. Touched by the lodestone of thy love, let all our hearts agree and ever towards each other move and ever move towards thee.
0: Oh, very nice. So you've got to explain the word lodestone.
1: Well, that right there, that is the critical stanza. Yeah. A lodestone for... Most of us who, cause I had to look it uh, up. This yeah, is a couple. I when I when this, this, <laughs> this just grabbed my attention, and I, I just decided to look, you know, looked up what what is a A lodestone? lodestone is a magnet. Yeah. it's a magnetic rock object, rock stone, and there are stones that are magnetic. You yeah, know, it's a lodestone. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and so what Charles is saying here is God's love is like a lodestone, a magnet that draws us towards Mm. it. We're we're like those little pieces of metal Mm. that are drawn towards the magnet. Yeah. Um, We're compelled to move towards it. Um,
0: Good images, yeah.
1: But he also points out that as we get closer to that lodestone, that love of, closer to God, Mm. we get closer to each other. Mm. And ever towards each other move. And ever move towards Thee, so yeah. He's saying here: if you want to get close to God, you got to get close to your brothers and sisters in Christ,
0: and vice versa, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they both those work. Yeah, that's really yeah.
1: Um, and again, that's why small groups are an essential part of disciple making, yeah. of for helping people to live out their baptism and to live as disciples of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. And you know, my guess is w- with that we're we're sort of um, preaching to the choir. My guess is if you're listening to this podcast, we don't have to convince you too much that small groups are a necessity. One of the things you go on to say, I think this is at the very end of what of your article, is that people are are sorry, Methodists are people in training. Yes. Right. And I, and I thought that was really, again, back to the method, right? That we're we're about pursuing holiness, and we're we're in training. And you go on to talk about Wesleyan leadership in and, and three uh, specific ways. And, we'll, and I'll let you say those, because I think that's that's really helpful when we, when we think about what are the outcomes of people being in a small group? What should it look like, especially if we're talking about forming people in a Wesleyan way? I think these three are very tangible ways of doing that. So I'll let you say those three things. Well, the
1: the idea of Methodists are Christians in training. Okay came to me again from Wesley yeah sure and Wesley got it from Paul yeah uh, where Paul writes about you know it's like the Christian life is like running a, race running a race yep and being in training as an like an athlete yep and and Wesley quotes Paul in his at the beginning of his book um, um, a plain account of Christian perfection okay. In the preface where he says i you know i am not there yet i forget exactly how I'm paul pressing it. i'm pressing but i'm not there yet but yeah. i'm pressing on yep. he doesn't claim it for himself mm-hmm. but i'm moving towards it mm-hmm. and that's what that's the training piece that the idea is that methodists are christians in training mm-hmm. we're training we're in training to love as god loves
0: Going on towards
1: perfection. Going, and that's what that's what it means to go on to perfection and love, yeah. to go on to Christian maturity, mm-hmm. to become full grown, mature, adult human beings.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely still pursuing that.
1: Becoming <laughs> fully the persons yeah, God sure. created me and you to be yeah. in the image of Christ. So we're in training, you know, that requires discipline. hmm and accountability, and support, and, and as, love.
0: As you like to say, holy habits. Holy habits. Yeah, which is really good. I think that's really important.
1: So there needs to be, in order for that to happen well, there needs to be, the, the culture of the congregation needs to support that.
0: Yes. And Very so
1: that so. that's where, and, and the, this idea that, you know, I come in, I, I sort of try to develop these three characteristics of Wesleyan leadership. Okay. The title of this post, and I, I'm gonna post this expanded, oh, revised good. version on my blog, good. Um, titled Thoughts on Wesleyan Leadership. That's the title of it. And these three characteristics of Wesleyan leadership, I have to give credit to Leonard Sweet.
0: Oh, fair enough.
1: Because I'm ripping them off from him.
0: <laughs> you just cited um, him, fair enough.
1: And it's, it's I just remembered him talking about this in a lecture that he gave that I was I I don't I don't even remember where it was um, but it was several years ago and he talked about how Methodists need an MRI Mm. because we're we're you know to be missional okay relational and incarnational there you go MRI so what does it mean so Wesleyan leadership is first of all missional okay now what do we mean by that we need because missional that word has become a buzzword yeah meaning anything meaning that people put mi- whatever they want into yeah. that and w- the most common present when this word is used most commonly i think is that m- we're missional because we do missions we you know we go right. out and and do good for
0: we have a missions program we have right we
1: do <laughs> right. you know we go out and work at soup kitchens and or we go to Africa or Latin America or, you know, now we're, we're going down to Houston to help people with uh, the flood recovery yep. or to Puerto Army. Rico, yep. um, you know, so, and, and that's all, we all need, we need to be doing that stuff.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no knock against that.
1: But that's not really what missional means. Okay. Missional means... At least as I, you know, I think the way the the word was intended to mean in missional church literature is the argument is that God is a missional God
0: mm-hmm.
1: and missional means to be sent. Mm-hmm. That's what the word means to be sent. So, so God, the father sends the son into mm-hmm. the world and the father and the son send the spirit yep. and the three of them send the church. Mm so christians are to be a missional people in that we are called baptized and sent to participate in god's mission in the world which is to restore this world to shalom Mm. to god you know to bringing in the kingdom
0: where righteousness is at home
1: yes yeah and so that's what it means to be missional is to Discern, I like the way Alan Roxburgh puts it, yeah. is to, to discern what God is up to in the neighborhood yep. and then go there and get involved in it.
0: Yeah, that, that's really helpful. I think that's,
1: that's what missional means.
0: Yeah. Um, a lot of work of discernment.
1: And there. that Wesley was very definitely a missional leader. Absolutely. And early Methodist communities, those societies were missional communities. They, you know, their, their purpose was to equip the people to send them into the community mm-hmm. to be, as Wesley put, salt and light for the world and for and for the church. Mm. Um, so the second piece is to be relational. Okay. And that that's really where where I use quote that hymn that we just talked about. Oh, okay is, um, to be relational. And again, because God is relational. Yep. You know, God in Trinity is a relationship between father, son, and spirit,
0: self giving love.
1: And we're created in the image of that God. Yep. So we're created for relationship with God and for one another and ourselves.
0: Um, I know that's something that Junius has harped on as well. Junius, our, our general secretary, is about being relational. That discipleship right. can't happen without relationship.
1: And you you can't be a Christian by yourself. You know, Wesley has this you know this famous quote from the preface his the preface to their first collection of hymns and sacred poems, mm. where he writes that you know,
0: let's
1: see if I get it right, Christian solitaries. Oh are akin are, are to Christianity, what holy adulterers are. You know, it's, it's what like, Holy
0: adulterers. Yeah. are.
1: In other words, then he goes on to say, there's no religion, but social, no holiness, ah. but social holiness. Right. Right. Meaning you have to, to be Christian means to be in community. <laughs> That's right. To be in relationships with other Christians and to watch over one another in love, um, to help one another. To go on to perfection in love,
0: pursue. Back to that to, word, pursue.
1: Again, to pursue holiness yeah. of heart and life, and that's where that that touched by the lodestone of Thy love, let all our hearts agree, and ever towards each other move, and ever move towards Thee, mm. and the stanza right before us. Help us to help each other, mm. Lord. Yeah. Each other's cross to bear. That's what we do in small groups. Nope and that you know the and the congregation needs to create that culture and context in which people are encouraged and equipped and given opportunities to find the group that f- meets them where they are,
0: right, which could happen at a, a lot of different times, and that's it's why lines. you need
1: several different kinds of All groups lines. to meet people Absolutely. where they are, yeah, in order to connect'cause we need those relationships because those relationships are not going to be formed if all if all you expect of people is to show up for worship on Sunday morning. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that one hour on Sunday morning is not about forming relationships of love and trust with your neighbors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: that's going to happen in other times.
0: Yeah. where so it goes back to that word pursue again. Are we pursuing holiness just by showing up at worship? Yeah.
1: And then finally, Wesleyan leadership is incarnational. Mm. Um, and I, 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 lo- I start that piece by quoting um, the message, yeah. Eugene Peterson's um, translation of John 1, 14, mm-hmm. where he says, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Um, Wesleyan leadership forms a culture in the church that is centered in Jesus Christ who loves all people. Christians are baptized and called by Christ to serve as his representatives in the world. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to be incarnational. Again, and it's connected to missional. We are sent into the world to be Christ's representatives in the world. This means we are to be agents of Christ's love for all people, their bodies and their souls. Jesus teaches his followers that the physical needs of people must be concerns, um, must be the concerns of his followers. As members grow in holiness of heart and life, they serve as representatives of Jesus Christ in the world and follow his teachings through acts of compassion and justice.
0: Another connection that was made when you were saying that about incarnational and you quoted the message there of uh, of Jesus, flesh and blood, moving into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. A connection that I made, you know, we did an episode on accountability, yeah, right? And the essential nature that that brings to a small group is when we're in a small group, that, that accountability is part of that, that we're allowing other people to be Jesus' flesh and blood to us and move into our neighborhood, right? To get up close to us, to confront us, that may not be a, the great word there, but um, to get it, to get in our grill, if you will, and say, are you really pursuing holiness? Yeah. Right? And then that, that's incarnational. That's incarnational work of uh, of of reminding us whose we are, who we're called to be, mm-hmm. and say, is is this really fitting for someone yeah. who's pursuing holiness? Um, anyway, that was just a kind of thing a- I
1: this is also why I think it's important that congregations adopt a rule of life. Okay. And the purpose, and we have a rule of life, you know, I, I am convinced that, you know, we have a rule of life. It's called the general rules. Yep. And we have the general rule of discipleship, which is a very handy summary of mm-hmm. those general rules that I'm, I encourage congregations to adopt the general rule of discipleship as their rule of life, and the purpose of that, which is to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a succinct guide for being incarnational.
0: Mm, that's true, yeah, that, 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 Yeah. I'd agree with that.
1: And so, in order, when you meet in small groups and you wanna be accountable to are you go, pursuing holiness, you need to have some guide as to right. Help give you markers as to am I really doing it or not? Right, and so those habits that the general rule of discipleship names are what we need to be pursuing. You know, those are what practices that we can take on.
0: Yep, compassion, devotion that will help us grow in
1: holiness of heart, which is loving God with all our heart. You know, through acts of worship and devotion Mm -hmm. and holiness of life acts of compassion and justice loving our neighbor as ourselves Yeah. yeah and we are witnesses to jesus christ in the world and we are all we are empowered and equipped by the power of the holy spirit that we give access we make ourselves available to the Spirit. Mm. When we Let's practice see. these habits and when we meet together with others to give an account of how we're doing. Yeah. You know, again, quoting Wesley to provoke one another in love. Mm. Holy t- provoke one another to love holy tempers and good works.
0: Mm. Provoking and pursuing. Yes. My, my action words that I'm leaving this podcast with is uh, how may I provoke... <laughs> Provoke, but also then pursue. How do I, uh, how do I pursue holiness, and then how do I help others to do so? Uh, and then how do, as a church, how do we do that? Right? How do, how do we put the structures in place that you know, bringing it back to what Junia said, where we're not focused on the programmatic, the, the, the just tweaking things and, mm-hmm. and fixing our churches, but creating a, a new culture, right? A culture that's intentional of discipleship and. Um, that has these these outcomes that you've named. I think are, are really helpful um, for for a lot of churches.
1: And you know, go back to training. Training, know, yeah. The, the general of discipleship describes how to train, what we need to do mm. to 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 grow and to develop and to be set free. To live as follow and rep and to and to live and serve as representatives of Jesus Christ in the world, um, and again I, I quote near the end of this post I quote again the message Eugene Peterson's okay. translation of our job of the job description of the church that Jesus gives that we call the Great Commission, where we commonly hear it is, go therefore and make disciples of Je- make disciples of all nations right yeah. Peterson gives, I think, a more helpful translation of that, where he says, go out and train everyone you meet. Go out, go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. Marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day right up to the end.
0: Mm, really good. Really good.
1: I'm going to stop there.
0: Well, I'll give one last analogy. You tell me if it holds. You know, I'm thinking about the Olympics that are upcoming, right? The Winter Olympics. Um and we we talked earlier about the passage from Paul of, you know, of, of, and, he, and he uses that imagery of a of an athlete, you know, per, pursuing right. the goal. Yeah. And it's almost like <clears throat> um the, the habits that you've given us, the, the four habits are, are almost like different uh, you know, there's a, the Catalan when there's ten, I'm trying to think what four would be <laughs> quad. <laughs> yeah, whatever that looks like. Um, those are the four different games in a sense that we're competing in and together as we can. Comp- I don't know if we're, we're just compete, but we compete in those games and that in every one of those helps us to pursue and to be trained and to be shaped and to be molded into what what Christ would have for us to be. Um, you have to tell me if that works or not, but uh, just what was coming to my mind.
1: Well, that doesn't. Doesn't seem What? Well. What? I think another way of coming at yeah, that is might, that they are, if you, th- you know, pick any dis- discipline, you yeah, know, whether, whether it's the Winter better. Olympics or whatever, the practices named in the general rule of discipleship are skills that you need that's to perfect better. In order to do that thing really well yeah. whether it's you know play the trumpet or the guitar or Jiu-jitsu. be a really good skier or ice skater or, yeah. you know the um, slow, you know w- there's a lot of
0: skills curling, <laughs> yeah, cur- curling.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I almost said something to get me in trouble yeah we'll, we'll, we definitely to we stop. won't do that we won't go there um, But if you've ever been an athlete or tried to be a musician, you know, there's certain um, practices that you need to perfect in order to make music or to to play baseball or golf or football or um, ski or ride a bike. You know, there's certain practice, you know, you need to practice skills. And when you're doing that thing, you put it all together. Yes, exactly. Right?
0: Yeah, that, that's probably better than what I was trying for there. That's just <laughs> what was in my mind. All right. So again, we, we appreciate your, um, your, your finding us on social media, emails and comments and questions. And we look forward to interacting with you. And until next time, peace. Peace.
1: Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.